You're listening to the Cornerstone Community Church Podcast. Cornerstone Community Church is located in Williamsburg, Kentucky. This week we continue our sermon series about God's view of money. All right, well, good morning. Uh, Some of you, if you're new with us this morning, my name is David Sweet. Uh, I'm one of the uh, teaching pastors here at Cornerstone, and it's really we're really glad to to have you here. Uh, we're going to continue our series uh, this week. It's called Money on Our Minds. Um, Tim wanted money on our minds and minds on our money. Some of you all get that, uh, but we decided to shorten it down just a little bit. Uh, it was just money on our minds because, after all, I, I mean, I think that uh, it really is. It's it's one of the biggest part uh, parts of our lives. Uh, and since we money on our minds, how about payday? How about payday? How many of you just love payday? Oh, not many of you. That's great. Because it looks like some of you, some, uh, anybody just absolutely opposed to the notion or idea of payday? Oh, I see no hands there. All right. No one is uh, opposed to that. Uh, because I think most of us, we enjoy getting that check. You know, most of us love that payday because it means it, it's getting what is owed to us. It is, uh, it is a way sometimes some of us may celebrate. I, you know, we get, as teachers, we get paid once a month and usually that's our day to go out and eat. So we, we celebrate by eating, and a lot of people uh, go on Walmart runs. That's your, that's your time. It's time to go to Walmart because I got paid today. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us know payday is, okay, it's time to sit down, and now I've got to make out the bills. So it's, payday is also bill-paying time. But what I want to propose to you today is an idea that may be able to help you with a little bit more financial freedom. Now, I'm, I'm not proposing, hopefully you won't see this as one of those uh, slick Vince ShamWow commercials, or the slap chop. Uh, I'm not trying to sell anything here this morning. Uh, but I, I want to for us to think about a new way of looking at our money, looking at our time. And looking at our lives. Let me ask you this question. What if I were to ask you, what if you were to consider this? What if you were not the owner of your life? What if instead of just being the owner of your life, all you had to do was manage it? Doesn't that sound like a pretty good deal? I mean, what if you just decided, you know what, I'm going to give up my ownership rights to someone else. Uh, you know, here's all, here's all that I have. I tell you what, you just take care of the big stuff and I'll just, I'll just go ahead and manage what you give to me. How about that? I'll just, I'll just turn everything over to you. Kind of like what I do with my wife on payday. I just hand the check over and say, okay, you manage everything and, and uh, uh, you take care of it. It's, it's actually what God is trying to tell us through his word, and through the study of the series, is that God says, listen, I'm really the owner of everything, and you are the steward. You are the manager of your life. 
And whether you like it or not, whether you like that idea or not, you are the steward of what God has entrusted you with. Now, you may be a good steward. You may be a bad steward. But here's one thing for sure. You're certainly not an owner. And in biblical times, this idea of stewardship, some of you may have heard it, some of you may have not, but this idea of stewardship uh, is an idea that uh, uh, someone who would own property, own land or a business, uh, that they could not oversee that property. Maybe they lived far away or they had to be gone uh, away from that business or that property for long periods of time. And what they would do is they would take a servant And they would tell that servant, okay, I want you to oversee this property. I want you to manage this for me while I'm away. And so uh, these caretakers then uh, that were entrusted with the property were called stewards. Uh, And so hopefully this morning that you all are starting maybe to see this context that I build up to here. That this morning as Christians... We are not the owners of our property, our lives. And in some ways, there's a lot of freedom in that. Because the owner of the property then worries about what is bought and sold. And all those things that go along with ownership. And then the steward or the manager is just the caretaker. Making sure that everything is then looked after according to the master's wishes. And today we'd like to just encourage you to think about that we are not the owners of what God has turned over to us, but managers. But with that, there's a huge amount of responsibility that comes with that management. So today, are we good managers or bad managers? Let's read what Jesus had to say about stewardship or management. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to be reading verses 14 through 30. If you would please uh, turn over to Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30 and please stand as we read. Once again, Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30. This is the parable of the talents. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. These are Jesus' words. Who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to other two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one who had two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. 
Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained you two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Uh, Master, he said, I I, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So... So I was afraid, and I went and hid this one talent in the ground. But, but see here, it belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew where I harvest, where I've not sown, and gather where I've not scattered seed? Well, then you shouldn't have put the money on deposit with the banker, so that when I returned, I would have at least received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has been given more and will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This has been the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's face it, whether we like it or not, you are stewards or managers of what God has given you. And all you have to do is take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, Where does my money come from? All that time that I have to get stuff done, where does it come from? The life that I've been blessed with, my very life, my very being, where does that come from? If nothing else, this parable that Jesus tells us in Matthew 25 tells us a very difficult tough. Uh, a difficult truth, and that is payday can be rough. First of all, what I want you to notice about this parable is that the servants did not own this property or the money that they were entrusted with, these talents that uh, would have been worth about $1,000 each. But it was entrusted to them by the master. Now stop and think about that for a moment. Think about your car, your clothes, your things that I like to call funsies. You know, those funsies that you have, your iPod, your, your TV, your computer, uh, those things that you have. And realize that God really has entrusted us with those things. Big thing for me, what about time? How do you spend it? Is it truly yours? And I'm going to be honest with you, this is an area of my life that I struggle with in giving the most to God. Because uh, a lot of times I want to think about my time and spend the time as I want. And I'm going to be honest, only God gets a small portion of that sometimes. Because it seems like when I'm working, that's all I want to do is work and work and work. 
Um, and sometimes people have told me I want to work too much. But my problem is when I'm off, man, I want to be off. And I don't want to do anything. My kids can tell you that. The kids say, hey, Dad, let's go do something. Oh, I'm too tired because I worked all day. I've worked all week. I'm tired. We have a day off. I want a day off. But a lot of times what I, what I really don't give in to is that that time is not really mine. What about life? Just life itself is such a gift. And what I want us to realize this morning is that God is telling us that he wants us to be the managers and the stewards of our lives as well. And I want to ask you this, is it truly reasonable to sit here this morning and say to yourself, you know what, this life is mine, I earned it, I can do with it what I want to. Is that really reasonable? C.S. Lewis had a character, some of you all may have read the screw tape letters, it's about these demons who like to sit and observe uh, what we do. And uh, Uncle Screwtape is writing to his nephew and he gives uh, his uh, nephew demon all this advice about how humans act and his observations that he noticed about humans. And uh, this is a quote from C.S. Lewis's Screwtape letters uh, that he said. He said uh, this is a quote of Screwtape himself in the, in the book. It says, humans are always putting up claims to ownership, which sound equally funny in both heaven and in hell. That's something that even the demons do not see ownership in the world. And when you really think about it from an eternal perspective, that greedy word, mine, 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 it's not only sinful, but really it's kind of silly. Why would we think that everything that we have truly belongs to us? Now I want you to notice something also about this parable from Matthew 25. Is that Jesus is talking about a payday or a day of reckoning. At some point, you will have to stand before God and say, You know what, God? This is how I managed. What you gave to me. And God is going to ask us, you know what? How did you spend that money that I gave to you? How did you spend that time that I gave to you? How did you use your life that I gave to you? And God will say, how did you advance my kingdom. And God will require us to give an accounting of our time, our monies, our talents, our lives that He entrusted us with. That's tough. That's really, really tough to sit here this morning and to think about. But that really is the crucial question, isn't it? How are you spending the life that God entrusted you with? His money. His time. 
his talent, his life that he gave to you. I want to go back to the scriptures here for a moment, verses 24, 22 through 24, to look at these contrasts of these two servants. The man with two talents came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. And his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came. And he said, Master, I know that you're a hard man harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, here, here, here. It belongs to you. Think about what these two men are saying. One of them is saying, look, God, I gave you back twice as much as you gave to me. But the other servant actually makes excuses and accusations. And he said, you know what, God? Uh, I've noticed something about you, God. You're, you're really not very nice and you're not very fair. You gave this to me and you know what? I kept it. I did. You know, I, I did. I, I kept it. I didn't do anything with it. I dug a hole and I just put it there. But I've got it. That man just gave nothing more and nothing less. He hid everything that he had in the ground. I mean, he wouldn't even... bank if you're lucky to get 2% interest. So what happened to him? He was cast out. Here's the bottom line. God wants his kingdom built in this world. And Jesus has set the foundations for that kingdom with his life and his attitude toward life. Not only that, but God has given us the resources, this money, this time, our very lives, our talents that he's given us to minister and to build that kingdom. And at some point, God is going to ask us, so, hey Dave, how's the kingdom building coming? You may say, well, what in the world is that? The kingdom building. I don't understand. But kingdom building is showing the love of Christ to others. And kingdom building is really putting our needs and our wants away, but putting others first. So how would you respond to that question? Uh, David Montgomery last week in his sermon in, in Sunday school this morning, uh, you know, he spoke about money. And he referred to it as being a hammer. It's a tool that you can build something very beautiful and constructive with it. You know, anything from a birdhouse all the way up to a, a cathedral. You, know, you can use that hammer to build something or you can use that hammer to tear it apart. It can be constructive or destructive but today now does that mean that we just go ahead and give everything away and live this life of poverty and 
uh, monkishness, I guess you could say. Uh, that's not that's a monk, not monk on the TV show. That's a different monk. But that's okay. Some of you already know that. But I believe that uh, that's not what God is really asking or calling. He's not asking us to give everything away. But just like we talked about in Sunday school this morning, if you were here, the right perspective is that all money comes from God. And that's a different way of thinking about things. It's a different management style. How would it be different if on this next payday, when you got your check, you asked yourself this question, you asked, how am I going to spend God's money? Now, does that change the way that you look at things? Does that change the way that you think about that money that's handed to you? And some of you, a lot of you here this morning are students. And you're going to say, look, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of money. What am I going to do? How am I going to build the kingdom? But what I want you to realize there is the key is how do you see money? Is it yours? Or is it God's? Do you see money as something to be gained for your advantage? Or do you see it something to be used wisely? And those of you who are out there in the working world, you know, are you managing the money wisely that God has given you? God's kingdom is built through our giving and through the proper management of His money. Not just giving to the church, but how we support His kingdom in meeting the needs of others. If we cannot manage what He's given us, then the kingdom is not being built. We have to think about management. And I know this is hard for me because, you know, because being out in the real world, you kind of want those things. You want things. And as I shared with somebody in Sunday school this morning, sometimes one of the first things that I ask my kids when they want to buy something, I say, okay, is that something that you need or is that something that you really want? And when it's their money, they need it a whole lot less sometimes. Uh, and, but when I'm buying it, they want it really bad. And that's just the way it is. But sometimes we're like that as adults. I was thinking uh, a, a few years ago, I guess it's been about three or four years ago now, uh, we were offered a great deal on a much bigger house than we have now. It, it was a great deal. My best friend was in from, he, was, he lives in another country he, he was in, and he, was, he said, man, that's a great deal. He said, you really need to take advantage of that. And uh, I was so enthused about it that I called Lisa on the phone. And I said, I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to see if we can take care of this today. This is great. It's, it's, it was two houses down from our house. It was a much bigger house. Uh, I mean, we we kind of complain sometimes because we don't have closet space. Our bathroom's not very big. But, I mean, this place was great. The bathroom was as big as my daughter's bedroom, the master bathroom. And the closet was as big as one of our bedrooms. And we're thinking, man, this is just going to be awesome. And there was a room over the garage that had no windows in it. And I could see a big plasma screen TV right there at the end. And say, man, this is going to be great. Because it wasn't finished all the way. 
And so we were going to be able to finish it how we wanted to finish it. I was thinking, man, this would be great. And then reality kind of popped me back in the head. And I had to think, you know what? My house is not that far away from being paid off. I could be out of debt. And one of our goals was to make sure that we were out of debt before Ethan was out of high school. That was one of our goals that we had sat down, we had prayed about, we had talked about. And this meant that we were going to have to extend that debt out. And we prayed about it and we decided not to take it, not to take that offer. Even though it was a very tempting offer and it was going to be great to have that much bigger house. But God showed me something very wise about making that decision. This past summer, that very house burned to the ground because of a wiring problem. And I see why, in God's wisdom why, one of the reasons why he did not want us to take that house. I felt very strongly that was one of those reasons why not. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we don't see the big picture. God sees the big picture. And stewardship doesn't mean money. But it means handing over control of your life to God. Starting tomorrow when you wake up, how would it be different if you were asking yourself at the beginning of every day, God, how am I going to spend your time today? How would that change your perspective on what you've read, on what you watched on TV? where you surfed on the internet, how you interacted with your friends, your colleagues at work, or your family. If you said, God, how am I going to spend your time today? Because it takes our time to build God's kingdom. And if we cannot manage that time that he's given us, then the kingdom is not being built. Stewardship is also a factor of how we order our very lives. When you leave here today, how would it be different if you told God, you said, God, here's my life. What do you want me to do with it? That's a huge step. Because sometimes when you do that, when you say, God, here's my life, do something with it, God does something with it. God often does things that you're totally unexpecting, uh, unexpected to do in your lives. If you don't believe me, ask Joji and Jesse about how God does it. Ask Tim about going places and plans of what you planned on doing on a short-term basis. Ask David Montgomery. I'm going to tell you today, standing right here this morning, 20 years ago, if you asked me, will you still be living in Williamsburg and going to that little church 20 years from now, I would say, you know what? Probably not. But you know what? God had different plans. It may not be what I wanted out of my life because I thought that I had these other plans, but it is what God wanted out of my life. And so here I am today. It takes all of us to build God's kingdom. That is your purpose for being here. If we cannot manage the life he's given us, then the kingdom is not being built. We need to embrace this principle of stewardship and management during our lifetimes while we can still use the resources to honor God and further his work 
rather than losing everything upon our death. Well, how do we do that? As I said before, it takes a mind shift. It takes spiritual attitude change in order to do that. And as I was studying for this, I found this scripture uh, from 1 Chronicles 29, verses 11 through 13. And about David, his, King David's attitude as he went to the temple to fund uh, the temple and to give his offering to the temple. And this is what David prayed before the entire assembly. And I want you to notice his attitude being a steward and a manager for God. And uh, it's, uh, it's in your bulletin. It's also up on the screen. This is what David prayed. He said, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands and are strength and power to exalt and give strength. So are you If so, you know, like King David, realize that God really does have all the power. Realize that everything in the heaven and earth belongs to God. I mean, after all, it's one of the things we talked about in Sunday school. After all, He did create everything, including time, including our very lives, and even the money that we use. Realize that the source of our strength, our financial strength, Our physical health is meant for this purpose. As David prayed to give strength to others and to bring honor and praise to God. By coming to those realizations, we realize that we're no longer owners. But we're managers. We're managers of our money. We're managers of our time. And we're managers of our very lives for the purpose of bringing his kingdom to this world. Let us pray. Dear God, I just ask that you would help us this morning look at our lives and examine ourselves. Because we realize that just as we read in Matthew that you're going to come back and you're going to ask us what we did with what you have given us. Lord, and I just, I pray this morning that we will seriously look at what you have placed in our hands, in our lives, for those of us who are parents, Lord, our children, that you have given us, that you have entrusted us with, Lord, to to manage. Um, Lord, our money, our strength, our very health that you have given us, Lord, our lives, that we would look at that this morning and say, Lord, I want to give this back to you. I want to take it and I want to build your kingdom here because that's what you want. Dear Lord, we just, I thank you 
for the opportunity to do this and show us what your will is for our lives. For all these things, in Jesus' name we ask and we pray.